Hey guys, welcome back to our podcast, Show Your Stripes. I am Allie, and I am here with Will. What is up, everybody? And we are going to be recapping the last um, three games against the Tampa Bay Rays this week. Um, It's definitely been, up until today, it's been quite, um, I would say our offense has been non-existent, like usual, up until today's game. Yeah, these la- those last two games were quite uneventful, to be quite brutally honest. Um, so, I mean, we look back at, so the first game was Thursday against the Rays, and, I mean, the score pretty much says it for itself. We lost 6-2, so. Yeah, um, most of the offense in that game it seemed to be coming from um, from it seemed to be Javi Baez and then a bit of sprinkling throughout the lineup. I'm looking yeah. at it. I kind of like. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't really watch this game to be too like full on. Like I kept it on in the background, but I didn't think with Drew Hutchinson on the mound that we really had a shot, especially against a team like the Rays. Which yeah. I know they they can be better than what they really are. I mean, they're only. They're third in the NL, in the AL East right now, only seven games above 500, which is off-brand for them. Yeah, no, I mean, Hutchison, it honestly wasn't a terrible start for him. It wasn't, it definitely wasn't the best. I mean, it was still four runs, but I definitely don't think it was one of his worst starts. Yeah, so. a lot of it wasn't his fault either. I'm looking at it here. I mean, he want he got him to go six innings, which I mean, if you can get six innings out of Drew Hutchison on any occasion, it's really a win. And um, he went six innings, allowed eight hits, four runs, only two were earned because Javi Baez uh, threw another ball away. He now yep. leads the league in errors with seventeen, which is, um, I'm not going to comment on that because if I did, I'd probably go off on it. Yeah, we've t- we've talked about that quite a bit as well. So yeah, um, Drew Hutchison walked three guys, struck out three, and allowed a home run. Which I believe let's let's see who it was. I don't quite remember. It was to Brandon Lau. It was the only home run of the game. And um, then you had Alex Lang, uh, one run. In that one, one inning, one run, one hit. Walked two, struck out three. Will Vest, a clean inning. And then Willie Peralta coming off the injured list. Uh, allowed three hits in one run in the ninth inning, I believe. So. Yeah. I mean, it was basically how our games have been going the past few weeks. Just we are making up for these errors that are happening in our infield and our offense is just not showing up. Yeah. I mean, the offense in the game on Thursday, you have, um, happy Baez was the only one with two, with uh, more than one hit and, and only two RBIs in the entire game. Obviously Riley green had one. It was a sack fly. Javi Baez had the other, and it was, I believe, an RBI single, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And other than that, you had more strikeouts than hits. 
um, with eight strikeouts compared to six hits. 16 men left on base, which is par for the course at this point on. Um, yeah, I mean... You, I, we were one for nine with team in, with, in scoring position. So, I mean, it really shows that we just weren't getting them out. Or, like, we weren't driving any runs in. Yeah, I mean, quite honestly, this is... The game on Thursday was basically like a bunch of... Just like a bunch of the other games we've talked about in the past where uh, the Tigers don't show up offensively and a couple of errors occur and we end up losing. I mean, I don't know how much more you can describe it compared to that. No, me neither. It's basically just how it's been. Honestly, after yeah, or after Thursday's game and Friday's game, I really had a feeling that's how our whole weekend was going to be until today, which we will get to later, but yeah, I honestly felt like this series was going to be a wash. That's why I kind of kind of like shrubbed it off. And I mean, I'm not saying that it's been a wash cuz I mean, obviously we have another game tomorrow and and I don't I don't exactly know who starts that game yet, but I'm sure we'll get to it at some point. So, I mean, we can obviously take a split, which is honestly that's a win for this team at this point. And I mean, um completely or completely just lost my turn. I thought you're good. Yeah. Um Obviously, I think I'm looking at the Rays lineup now. We got the Rays had 12 hits and five RBIs. So only so one of the runs was not on an RB was not wrought in. I'm not sure what that really means, but obviously, I'm sure I'm sure it would make sense at some point. But um, yeah, they they had 17 men left on base. They had 12 hits compared to the five strike the six strikeouts that they had and walked five times. So they really were the more patient team in the box on Thursday. Yes, definitely. No, and even it, it really does show. I mean, looking at just the numbers, I mean, they were very, they had a lot of patient at-bats compared to us. On Thursday, we had no walks at all. Yeah, uh, I mean, which is the complete opposite of our game on Friday, but. Yeah, um, I just figured I'd go over the numbers for the pitchers and then we'll move on. Yeah. The, the Rays had four hit, had uh, Jeffrey Springs on the mound starting on Thursday. He went six innings, allowed only four runs. Two runs were earned and none of the, I'm sorry, two runs and neither of them were earned. So both the runs that the Tigers scored were unearned. So, and I believe that was yeah, it was to Yandy Diaz, who committed an error. And nope, no Rays pitcher allowed a walk. That is quite interesting, right there. Which I'm, if I'm looking at here, maybe I was wrong. Yeah, the Tigers did not walk a single time in the game on Thursday. That is more amusing to me. No, that is that's interesting because I feel like I don't I feel like that hasn't happened at all this season. I could be wrong, but I don't recall that happening this season. Yeah, yet, it, ha- so. it hasn't been documented well how impatient these at bats have been, other than tonight, obviously. But like, 
if you're have if you're a major league baseball team, you're expected to at least walk once or twice a game, maybe if more than that. If you're gonna if you're gonna strike out eight times and not walk a single time, you are not not comfortable in the box. Oh, yeah, I think that's about all we can say on that game. It was, like I said, it was a wash. So, moving on to Friday's game, which was kind of a reversal of the narratives that we have been covered in the past. The offense showed up, but the pitching was the thing that shat the bed on Friday night. Yeah, definitely very different than how our season has been, because... I honestly was shocked on how much how much offense we actually had coming last or last night in last night's game. The Tigers obviously took a three nothing lead into the third inning and held on to the lead all the way until the eighth, which we'll get into that in a minute, but I wanted to go over the numbers. Rally Green went two for four with two RBIs and a walk. Victor Reyes uh one for four and a strikeout. Javi Baez, 1 for 4. Harold Castro, 0 for 4. Candelario, 1 for 4. Willie Castro, 1 for 4. A lot of 1 for 4 nights here. Tucker Barnhart, 1 for 4. Akil Badu, 1 for 3. And Tucker Barnhart, and I'm sorry, Eric Haas pinch hit and got a hit as well. So, 9 hits for the Tigers in the game on Friday night. And they were definitely, um, they were there in terms of offense. And like I said, they just couldn't cash in past the third, the second inning, which I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I mean, they had the lead for most of the game, but um, yeah. I was just impressed that we managed to get through a game without an error. That's, yeah, that's I mean, another thing. I just feel the amount of errors that we have had these past, the probably the past three weeks, have been astronomical. So I was just impressed that we managed to get through a game without an error. Yeah, and I'm looking at here, we had two walks compared to seven strikeouts, and the three RBIs were from, uh, two were from Riley Green, and the other was from Candelario, so a lot of, um, a lot of hitting, but not a lot of RBIs, it seemed. Yeah, definitely, I mean, and we still, we managed to still only have one for six in scoring positions, and we left seven on base. So, um, Brian Garcia got the start for the Tigers on Friday night. He went four innings, allowed only one hit. But the big story of the night last night was the amount of walks that were allowed, and it was really astronomical, the amount of walks that were allowed by the Tigers pitching staff last night. Brian Garcia... Brian Garcia went four innings, allowed only one hit, but walked six batters and struck out three, and Yacht did not allow a run, which is more, which is damn impossible, it seems. Yeah, I was, I mean, the walks really didn't catch up with us until that eighth inning, so. Yeah, Will Fest, two-thirds of an inning, allowed one hit, one run. It was earned, walked three, and struck out one, so. At that point in the game, with four and two-thirds, you had nine walks over that short period of time. And then Jason Foley, two-thirds of an inning, two, hit, two hits, one run, but no walks. Andrew Chafin, 
uh, one and a th- one and a third, one hit, no runs, no walks, two strikeouts, and then Joe Jimenez had probably his worst outing of the year. He um, went only one third of an inning, allowed two hits, three runs, all were earned, walked three, and struck out none as he took the loss last night and also got a blown save out of that. And quite honestly, that was uh, very uncharacteristic of Joe, given what he's done this season. Yeah, no, it was shocking to see that outing because it's he honestly has been coming in and like closing it out managing to get through those innings like a piece of cake so it definitely I feel like if we would have saw what he has been doing last night there might have been a chance we still would have won that game yeah and obviously and then Cisnero came in to clean it up after him and he only went he won a third he won an inning walked only one and that was the 13th walk allowed in the game and then I think I believe and I believe if I remember this correctly, it was the most walks the Tigers allowed in single game since 2014. So it's been a while since we've had that much inaccuracy on a baseball field. Yeah. It's, I, I, I think I saw that too. But that, it's just when I saw that final number, it was mind-blowing. That is an insane amount because I read, I'm pretty sure I read that our highest amount of walks per game, I think, up until this point was eight, and that's happened three times this season. Yep. So to jump from eight to 13 is quite a difference there. Yeah. Um, you had more, you heard more walks and strikeouts, and obviously Soto came in and struck out two in the ninth inning in a completely pointless outing. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the bullpen just let us down that game, which is, I had a feeling it was bound to happen compared, considering how good the bullpen has been all season. But um, it just felt like the Tigers just had that one slip away because of the pitching staff. It always feels like it's one or the other. We either have one show up and not the other. I feel like we can never just get both of them to show up at a game. I feel like that's been our biggest struggle, is either having a hard time with the bullpen or a hard time with our offense. Yeah. I mean, other than tonight, you really can't yes. imagine a time of recent memory where both everything was clicking on all cylinders. I mean, there were a couple, obviously you had the two games against the Rangers and Rockies where they put up a, a absurd amount of runs and they put over, I think it was over 10 in each of those. And other than that, you really can't, put a number as to how many times like everybody's been on and in in rhythm with each other. It's just these little games once in a while. It just brings your hope back up. They it's, I feel like it honestly, I feel besides some of those games, it correlates a lot with these big celebrations they have going on. The more people that are showing up, the more that is happening for some reason, I feel like it contributes to them actually being able to pull off a big win. Yeah, I mean, I think we can go ahead and move on to the main topic of the, of the pod tonight, because I think we've said everything we needed to say about the game last night now. Yes. Um, obviously, the Tigers won tonight 9-1. to one. It, it really should have been 7-1, to one, but um, but Kevin Cash decided to throw Yu Chang out there for the eighth inning, and 
scope hit a two-run home run off of him, off of a, I think it was like a 43-mile-an-hour curveball. Yeah, it was something ridiculous like that. So, in so, retrospect, it probably should have been 7-1. to one. Either way, though, they ended up having a big, a big win tonight. Um, I'm looking at it here. You had, obviously, I just felt like until the fifth inning, the game was a complete snooze. But like, honestly, I was having trouble staying awake at Comerica because up until the bottom of the fifth, the only hit the Tigers had was an infield hit by Eric Haas. And it felt like, oh, like, oh, Sheen McClanahan is just going on, is going to just dominate us the rest of the way through. Why should I just keep my eyes open to watch this? In... Yeah. I definitely felt that as well. It definitely was a very slow start to the game, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it obviously, they proved me wrong after that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it definitely, it, I mean, I'm glad I continue to watch because they obviously picked it up. I mean, the seventh inning was crazy with the five five runs they hit that inning. But yeah. Obviously, I thought when they put up the two in the fifth, I thought that was going to be it and they would hold on at that point, but no, they kept they were going they kept hanging in there. Um looking at the numbers again, you have uh Riley Green was 0 for 3, but he had a run scored on a I believe it was on an error how he got on base. Um, he got hit with the ball. Oh yeah, he did. I forgot. <laughs> Doesn't count that as a walk. Uh, Javi Baez one for four with two RBIs. He was the one I believe who got the runs in in the fifth. Or no, it was in the seventh. I'm sorry. Um, Miggy went one for four, had an RBI signal in that seventh inning when they scored five. Eric Haas one for four. Candelario two for four with two runs scored. Uh, Willie Castro, two for four with two runs scored as well. Uh, Jonathan Scope, one for three with an RBI, uh, three RBIs and that, and a run scored. I believe it was a sack fly and the two home runs he hit, or the one home run. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then Harold Castro, uh, three for four with two with a double, two RBIs and two runs scored, which he obviously would be the player of the game if you had to pick one. And Victor Reyes went one for four with an RBI. And that, I believe that was in the seventh. No, I think that one was in the fifth. I could be wrong, though. I think Um, it was in the fifth. Because that's when he hit the triple. Yeah. Um, I mean, it just, our offense was alive tonight, which is something I feel we don't get to say a lot. It definitely after that fifth inning, it picked up, and it definitely was a lot more exciting to watch after that point. Yeah, it obviously had something to do with the fact that it was Lou Whitaker's Jersey retirement night that probably sparked a bit of the the offense to get into high gear because I'm sure they didn't want to send the sellout crowd home um, home upset, which it was, I think, the first time that they've had a non opening day sellout since 2016, which it's, that says a lot. Um, it, it looked packed. I wish I was able to be there, but I could just tell that it was very energetic 
in the park tonight. Yeah, it was very, it was, it was packed, but like I could, there was a lot of, at least I was sitting up in the upper deck and there was a lot of empty seats. At least it seemed like it. Um, but when they did get up to, when, when the crowd was into it, yeah, it was loud and it, it, it really felt like the first time that the Tigers had a, like a huge crowd in a long time. It definitely, it was, I mean, a good night for it, for sure. Obviously, the Rays threw Shane McClanahan on the mound tonight. He went six in a third. He probably should have only went six. He, If he didn't go out in the seventh, he probably would have uh, kept his numbers where they were. He uh, allowed six hits, four runs, all earned, struck out only three batters tonight. And then they brought in... Uh, some I forgot his name, Jakob Bonus. He went only two thirds of an inning, struck out nobody, or no, he struck out two, walked nobody, allowed three hits, three runs, all earned, and that's when it really blew open at that point. Yeah. And then, like I said earlier, for whatever reason, Kevin Cash decided to put um put Yu Chang out there to pitch the bottom of the eighth when they were only up six, which. I when we were already up six, which I think that is the bare minimum from like in terms of by like the rule book. I think is if you are up by six, uh-uh. the other team can throw a position player out there, which I find that completely stupid. But I feel I know it'd be only like the Rays that would do that, considering yeah. how like analytically inclined they are. Yeah, I mean, I look at it as I saw that um, McLean had uh, entered tonight's game with a 2.07 ERA and after tonight left with a 2.24 ERA. So obviously, I mean, I feel like we are the only team that could actually, it's just so on par for our team to like score what four runs off of him, who he's probably one of the best pitchers in AL Central. Yet, you know, there's these other teams that we can't even manage to get a hit off of. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just feel that's very on par for our team and how this season has been. Let's check it here. I it do have was... to... Oh, you're good. Yeah, it was the second most runs he's allowed in a... Earned runs he's allowed in a single game this season. The other one was his last start against Cleveland when he allowed five runs. And to put it in perspective... Uh, the Tigers scored more earned runs off of him than the entire month of May That's tonight. Crazy. He had yeah. five starts in the month of May, including one against the Tigers at the Trop, and he only we only got one run off of him then, and we put up more runs tonight off of him than the entire month of May for, in terms of his his outings. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I mean, very. It just it seems to be the way it has been this season. Honestly, I was not expecting it, but it was definitely nice to watch. I do have to say, though, I was pretty. Imp- I think I was impressed by Hill's start today. Yeah, like, he, he. I feel like this might have been one of his. I don't know if it was his best start, but I mean, he had his career high of six strikeouts tonight. He only had one earned run. 
I mean, I feel like it was one of, I mean, he seemed to, he went, he faced, I think I heard them say he faced 26 batters tonight, which was his highest too. So obviously shows that he's definitely like settling into it a lot more. Yeah, Garrett Hill, of course, he went four, five and two thirds, which I think is his longest of his career, obviously. Allowed six hits, only one run, even after loading the bases in the first. Um, allowed the one run and walked three and struck out six, and the only run was off of Yu Chang's solo home run in the, and I believe it was in the second inning. And uh, yes, it was. And that was the only run the Royals scored in the entire entire game, which is hard to believe. Oh, I definitely saw it. He with how many jams he put himself into tonight. I really was not expecting it to go the way it did, but he honestly did good getting out of them. So, I mean, I guess there's not much more we can ask from him be, compared to how some of his other starts have been. Yeah, um, Alex Lang obviously then came in in the in the sixth inning with only what in to clean up the inning. He got the final out of the sixth the strikeout, and then Andrew Chafin scoreless seventh. Joe Jimenez is score a uh, scoreless eighth, and then Luis Castillo, the the minor league Luis Castillo, came in to pitch his first. First inning in major league in his major league career, he did not do too bad. Although, like I said on Twitter, I felt like that second single probably could have been fielded, but the but Baez and Candelaria didn't want to do it. Yeah, no, I agree with that when I saw that. But I mean, I thought I did find it ironic. I did see this on Twitter that he is the third um, Luis Castillo to be in the major leagues. Yeah, obviously you've got the one that we pitch tonight. You have the one that pitches for the Seattle Mariners. And then you've got the second baseman, Luis Castillo, who played for the Florida Marlins from 96 to 2005, the Minnesota Twins from 2006 to 2007, and then the Mets from 2007 to 2010, who I believe... He is the guy who dropped the ball if in that Yankees Mets game that's been so replayed after so many years of being like a Mets type thing to do. Okay. That yeah, that may- I know who you're talking about now. So yeah, there I have just, been I just found that funny that there's been three of them now in the major leagues. Yeah, I think I know it was from I think it was from Cespedes family BBQ that posted that and I'm gonna pull it up here just to see what else I can read off of that if I can find it excuse me yeah sorry I I do have to say we did have another night with no airs so this is game number two in a row without an air from anyone so I mean I feel like we're headed in a better direction with from with that I'm hoping we're headed in a better direction from that because like I said it's just been too many lately. Um, Luis Castillo made his major league debut after 10 years in the minor leagues and 224 career games in the minor leagues. Um, and is also, and yeah, like I said, he's the third Luis Castillo in major league history. So 
Um, obviously, he got the final out in the ninth, and the Tigers won. And now I think we can go ahead and move on to that pregame ceremony because there was one thing that, I mean, yeah, it was a beautiful ceremony, and I'm not saying that it was flawed in any way. But the one thing I found quite hilarious about that was that Alavila and Chris Illich did not make any sort of they like they were there, but on they the did stage. not. Yeah, they were on the stage, but they did not speak in any sort of way. They didn't even present the the artwork to to um to Lou. I don't think they wanted anything to do with it, which was downright pathetic in my opinion. I agree. I under I have understanding of where they were coming from and they knew what was gonna happen if either of them got up and spoke. But still, like you are the owner of the team. At least the owner should be saying something. I mean, I don't know. That's again that's how I feel about it. I know that people have differing opinions about it, but I definitely feel it was a little bit of a cowardly behavior. Yeah, it really was stupid. I like, I understand that you don't want. There's like a thing called a call to accountability, because I feel like, and they knew that if they went up there, they were gonna get booed to oblivion. And I mean, at least with like Mary or was it Mary Martha Ford or whatever, when she goes up to speak, she knows she's gonna get booed, and she continues on. But yeah. The Illich family apparently does not want to take any of that. They just want to act like everything's fine. And I'm assuming they probably just saw the reception they got at the Miggy ceremony back in May or June, I believe. And said, I don't, and they said, I don't want to deal with this. I mean, the boos were loud at that point. So I can't even imagine what they would be like now with that amount of people in the stadium. So, like, I see from their perspective, I can see where it was a smart idea on their point. But also as a fan's perspective, I mean, it's just showing that you don't want to take accountability for what is happening. Yeah, it just seemed to me that they just did. They were trying to be. Um, they were they just didn't want they didn't really care. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you really cared, you would have shown up and. Took your beating, but obviously Chris didn't want like didn't want to hurt his little feelings of him. He probably couldn't take the the forty three thousand plus or they were booing him out there. Yeah, I mean they like I said they didn't even they didn't even show up like even when Lou said like I want to thank the Illich family he directly named Mary and Illich, not Chris. So I feel like they might have told him, don't mention Chris Illich in your speech because we don't want him to get booed. No, it definitely seemed that way, for sure. And quite honestly, I'm I'm not surprised, although I wish it could have been the other way around. Yeah, agreed. But um, either, other than that, though, the ceremony did seem very nice and it seemed I'm I'm very happy it have they finally got it done because I know it was originally planned for 2020 so yeah it definitely was a nice ceremony and it was cool to see Lou's number up there with Tram and 
and Jack and all the guys of Tiger Lore. And it felt, it just felt right to see that up there. For sure. Um, looking on to tomorrow's game, we got the obviously the series finale of the series that'll be at I believe it'll be 1:40 p.m. Just trying to load it up here. You've got Tigers and Tigers and Rays. It'll be Matt Manning for the Tigers versus Michael Rasmussen. And I'm not quite sure. Let me pull it up here. Um. Man, I think he's just not being cooperative with me. <laughs> um, yeah, it'll be like I said, Drew Hatchesman, who's uh, six and four with a three oh six ERA, against Matt Manning, who's still looking for his first decision of the season with a three point four six ERA. Yeah, it'll be it'll be good to see how his second start back goes. And um. And obviously, we got the news today that Bull Brisky will probably rejoin the team on the road in Chicago this upcoming weekend. I believe is when that series is. And yeah, I did. Read, I did read something that he could potentially be starting on Wednesday. I mean, yeah, so. I did also see that. Which I mean, I mean, I'm I'm sure you'd be happy with that because both of, we've been talking about going to that game, and I'm sure you've heard it in our last pod. We were talking about like documenting that. Yeah, and, and I'm sure it'd be cool to see that. I'm just gonna pull it up here. And, and obviously, we probably will know tomorrow what the starters are gonna be because I know AJ likes to say what the starters are, like the day of the last game of the series. All I know is what I see here is the only starter that's documented for the Guardian series. You've got Aaron Savale going on Wednesday, who has a two and five record and a six point one seven ERA, which on paper, that sounds terrible, but then I remember the last time we faced him, I believe he only allowed, like, two runs. Yeah, because our team somehow manages to not get any hits off of anyone who has an ERA over, like, five, so. Yeah, we'll go ahead and, um, we'll go ahead and, like, light up Shane McClanahan, but apparently we cannot hit off of guys like Aaron Savali, who have an ERA over six, and it's just a Tigers thing to do. Definitely. We've been doing it for years. It's not just this team. No. We make bad, bad pitchers look good, and the good pitchers look bad. Yep, sounds about right. So I guess we'll see what happens on Wednesday with that. Yeah. Um. Let's see. What I don't think we I think we covered everything we wanted to say, have we? I mean, unless there's anything yeah. else you want to throw in. No, I'm good. So um. Obviously, we will keep updating the show as we go on, and we kind of laid back today because everything has been hectic and whatnot, but like I said, maybe we will record some stuff for the pod or the Twitter page when we if we go on Wednesday, and I'm, I'm sure we'll let everybody know when that comes through. Um, anything else you want to say before we let go? Just thanks for your support, and we hope you're enjoying the shows, guys. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We uh, appreciate it. And, and I'm having a problem here. Let's. I'll edit that out. <laughs>